The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Victoria Moran here, your host for the program. This morning, I was doing some work on the Acing Age with Ayurveda retreat that's coming up this very weekend. I'll talk a little bit more about that later if you would like to get a slot and be there yourself. But I'm putting together the ebook to go with the retreat. And I was writing this morning about the concept of Ojas. And ojas in Ayurvedic thinking is this lovely kind of golden fluid that's the reservoir for all your energy and vitality and juiciness. And I was thinking about energy and vitality and juiciness, and then I thought, oh my gosh, that's my guest today. That's Chef AJ. So coming to you with vitality and juiciness. It is the Main Street Vegan Show, and our guests today are Chef AJ, and then coming in the second half of the hour, um, her co-author on a brand new book, or I guess we'd say she's his co-author because he wrote the book and she wrote the 75 Amazing Healthy Recipes. So we're going to start right now with Chef AJ. And you already know this, but I'll tell you again that she has been devoted to a plant-exclusive diet over 43 years. She beat me. Nobody beats me. She is the author of Unprocessed and also um, The Secrets of Ultimate Weight Loss. And in 2018, she was inducted into the Vegan Hall of Fame. And she is proud to say that her IQ is higher than her cholesterol. Welcome fellow Aries, Chef AJ. Yeah, thank you, Victoria. I've never been called juicy before. <laughs> well, you are. You're so alive. And I really think your your great success uh, online and, and in the, the videos that you do, and I want to hear all about that, it's so, so well earned, not just because you know your stuff and you walk the walk, but you do have this wonderful kind of charisma that just makes people happy. And we need more, more happy making. That is so kind of you. And I, I, you know, 
obviously, you know, there's personality plays a part, but I do think what you eat makes a difference. And, you know, when you eat dead food, you're kind of dead. And when you eat live food or at least, you know, plants, it doesn't have to be all raw and live, but, but I think what you eat makes a difference on your outlook and your energy and how, and how people perceive you. I think it makes a huge difference. Oh, I'm sure it does. They used to talk a long time ago, the, the people, the vegetarians back in the 1800s even, uh, about how the fear poisons that go into the meat somehow go into the people. I think that makes sense. You know, when you when you think about the horrors of a slaughterhouse, you know, who, who would want to take that into themselves? So um, pandemic we've been having here <laughs> for several months. What have you been doing in the uh, closer to home times? So I've been making lemonade out of lemons. And as you know, we, we both had, you know, lots of our jobs canceled because of the pandemics. And we had special ones scheduled for our 60th and 70th birthday, respectively. And we never got to fulfill that. And so, you know, it actually came kind of an idea with you. I said, well, why don't we just do something? Because, you know, your 70th and my 60th, that was a day apart. And I started just live streaming with friends like you. And I noticed that people were craving the connection with their community. And so I have gone live every day, one to three times a day since March 20th. I, I've lost count of how many hundreds of shows I've done. And I'm meeting the most extraordinary people that if it wasn't for the pandemic, it would have been business. Not, not that I'm happy about the pandemic. I'm not saying that, but, but it, it is what it is. And I, the people that I am meeting are extraordinary. They're mostly vegans. And they're people that I might not have ever had cross paths with if I if I wasn't doing this. And and I know like we all love, you know, I call them the usual suspects, you know, Google Furman, Gregor Barnard, the wonderful plant-based doctors, Colin and Essie, that everybody loves and seeks out to have on their shows and summits. But there are people all over the world that are contributing to this movement in small ways and big ways. And I love being the one that's in introducing them to people. Yeah, that's thrilling. Tell, tell me your favorite person who was virtually unknown until they were on your show oh gosh gonna shoot i wish i had prepared for that question because i don't like i don't like to say who was my favorite person okay one of your favorite yeah, right. guests right well, okay so uh, believe it or not this lady isn't vegan but close but i have to say that meeting elaine lalane the wife of jack lalane <gasps> was a highlight of my life i mean you know oh. I, I i think people have changed and when you when you watch her video or meet her they don't make people like that anymore. You know, like people were just back in the day, they were lovely. I mean, not that you're lovely, but, but so many people, you know, especially young, I mean, I, I sound like my parents, but young people <laughs> just so edgy and disrespectful. And, and this, she was a touch of class and a breath of fresh air. And this is how people used to be. You know what I mean? Like when you yeah. watch these black well, she was she was larger than life, but just humble. And it just I just just to meet somebody like that who at 94 years old is still lifting weights and exercising every day. And, you know, she didn't have a, she didn't have a piece of cake till she was like 80. She says, oh, I said to Jack, I'm 80 now. I'm going to have a piece of cake. And, and somebody who knew before we knew, 
that sugar is not good for us and, yeah. and that fruits and vegetables were good for us and to have her whole life be like that. And she's still working at 94 and writing more books. And so to me, yes, she's not 100% vegan, but what an inspiration her life has been and she continues to be. And that's the kind of stuff that inspires me. Or just the interview I just did before coming on your show, another Aries, same birthday as me, I never met her, Jasmine Leva, who did the documentary Invisible Vegan. I, you know, there's so many, like I say on my show, where I introduce you to amazing people who are doing great things in the world. There's so many people and there's so much good in the world. And I just like pointing it out. Oh, you do it so beautifully. Just for people who don't know who Elaine LaLanne is, she is the widow of Jack LaLanne, who back when you and I were kids, was a big TV star with exercise shows. Yep. And I mean, if exercise was not a big thing until he came up with it. I mean, it was in certain pockets, but the idea that, you know, people all over would belong to gyms when they're open and <laughs> run and lift weights and things like that, it was just unknown. So he was really a trailblazer in his day. And I love that Elaine is 94 because so is Stella Churfus, who's my first yoga teacher, who's in London. She still teaches one day a week. She was telling me that now she has to teach two classes because of social distancing. She can't have everybody there. But, you know, these these people are extraordinary and they are classy, like you say. And they're my role models. You know, I want to be that at 70. And I hope that when I'm 94, somebody at 70 or 60 will be following me if I've succeeded. Yep. I know. It's just, it's just, it's just beautiful meeting all these people. And, you know, without the pandemic and Zoom, I, I may never have crossed paths because I would just be business and usual, taking one job after another every week being on a plane. And it's really allowed me to recharge and reboot and really examine my priorities and, and, and feel a quieter world. I mean, you know, I obviously I don't want people to die or be sick or lose their job, but especially at the beginning, the, it's like the, it's like the planet almost healed for a while, you know? Yeah. And for me, I've seen it personally, you know, and like you, it's a horrible thing. And, and, and I hope it ends, you know, tomorrow, but in, on a personal level and being able, being privileged to, to be able to just say, okay, I'm just going to hunker down and stay close to home and live more quietly. And being so blessed with the ability to do a lot of the work that you and I do uh, online via Zoom and YouTube and whatnot, it's um, it's been like a kind of retreat in the midst of a lot of um, you know difficult times around us. I agree. I agree. So, so go ahead. No, I was going to say that the thing is, is we can't change what is, and so the idea is, is we adjust to it. And 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 like I said, my mom, you know, always said, make if you got lemons, make lemonade, and that's what I've always tried. You know, and I, I wonder how much of this is hereditary, being an optimist or being a pessimist, or if it's just learned behavior. Because I remember seriously, I was four years old, and my great grandmother, who was diabetic, was getting her leg amputated, and I remember as if it was yesterday, standing at her bedside, and not, and I was not trying to be facetious. I swear, I said, "Well, Bubby, look, you only have to shave one leg now." I was trying. Oh. To look for the 
good. Like, what could be good about losing a leg? I mean, obviously nothing. You know, now I know more about diabetes. But but that's kind of how I've always been because if you can't change it, then then accept it and, and make it, you know, I don't know. But people um, respond differently, I suppose. That's a beautiful attitude because I feel that I'm naturally pessimistic and I think that's why I gravitated to writing self-help books and <laughs> studying <laughs> uplifting philosophies and all that kind of thing. So you, you you did something good in your last life to get to be naturally optimistic in this one. Right. Well, the thing is, is, you know, I think I think you a lot of when you're going through something horrible, like a leg amputation or whatever, it's very hard to see the gift in it. Uh, but, you know, like there's an old saying, uh, you know, um, with all this poop, there must be a pony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes the older you get, the easier that is to see. Because you can look in, in your life, you know, what has happened up to now, and seeing that despite difficulties, disappointments, occasional tragedies, basically everything has really worked out. You pretty know, much. life tends to be pretty kind for, um, you know, I'm hoping the majority of us. I mean, I'm so aware right now as we're all looking at white privilege and that kind of thing. It's like, I don't know when I say things like that, if I'm completely you know, speaking from my vantage point, and that's not really how everyone sees it. But it it does seem that life likes to work itself out. Right. And, and the, the thing is, is, yeah, obviously, everybody's circumstances and attitudes and feelings are different. But for a lot of people, if you just take this moment right now, everything is okay. Yeah. I mean, yes, there's things you want to change, but but really, and that's because I, I suffer from terrible anxiety, and I'm always worried about the future, but if I step back and just take a deep breath, it's like right now, everything really is okay. I'm talking to my oh, friend. You know? That's so sweet. Well, I have to share something since you said that, AJ. Um, about two weeks ago, I was, I was so surprised. Some friends told me on, on Facebook, you're the quote on Daily Calm. <laughs> And so the quotation from my 2004 book, Younger by the Day, that they chose for last month is, in this moment, there is plenty of time. In this moment, you are precisely as you should be. In this moment, there is infinite possibility. So thank you for setting that up so I could share it. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why I like pets and companion animals so much, because anytime mm -hmm. I'm stressed or anxious, you know, I just pet my dog and just and then, you know, everything is all right, because that's how she looks at life. Yeah. 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 They're pretty amazing. So let's talk about what made you famous. <laughs> Supposedly. Well, it depends on what, what, what area. Maybe Johnny Carson a long time ago being on his show was well, my favorite foray into the really you know in the public eye that was September 1st 1987 Ooh. so that, that was really fun actually and uh you know it's funny because uh, they, uh, the, uh there's a guy named Mark Meloff that has a podcast based on Johnny Carson and I actually was just interviewed for it which was really really fun because I got to reminisce really what it was like not not to do my act but to, to be on the show and to talk to meet him and so that was kind of cool again like Elaine Lelaine another class act it's like mm. you know what has happened there where is the where has class gone well i think we need to bring it back and and maybe we can just bring it back in the vegan world as a place to start well, because just simple things you know a little little bit of courtesy 
And and during the pandemic, you know, getting up and getting dressed, like I'm so in awe of you doing all of these videos all day long because you've got to present yourself like yeah. you're going to the office, you're going to the airport. It, I know, it's I a know, class builder. People only knew I'm only doing it from the waist up and I have no size. <laughs> Don't tell and, us that. <laughs> and, and lately, lately I've been wearing hats a lot. You can always, it's so funny, I'm telling you a trade secret. If AJ has a hat on the show, it's because she didn't have time to really do her hair and makeup. But luckily, I have some very attractive hats, you know. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it is like a job, you know, and it's it, it and, and I do I really do enjoy it. I don't know how long I'll continue. I, I made a commitment kind of to myself. Well, it's, of course, if things open up, you never know. But I said, I'd like to see what it's like to go live every day for a year. So that would be March 20th. And then you can come on in March 21st and we can do Hello. a birthday show with you. But, you know, we have a whole week dedicated to your people. And by your I people, know. I'm so thrilled. Yeah, your you're going to have Main Street Vegan Academy graduates, our certified vegan lifestyle coaches and educators, sharing recipes on your fabulous show for a whole in January. I'm going to come on the, uh, the next week. Before I forget, you know, when I was thinking about class, there is class in the vegan world. Like I think of Dr. Esselstyn, the way mm. he talks, oh. the way he dresses, the way he presents himself. That's, yes. that's what I'm talking about. It's not yes. that other people are classless, but there was something back in the day in that age like when you think about you know you know when you see like like audrey hepburn there that oh, that's absolutely. what i'd love to bring back see you're elegant like that and there are people like that but but that's just that's the feeling that i i'd like to like if we could re you know re re-inspire people to have that touch of class i love that idea i mean i watch turner classic movies every now and then just to kind of get it. I'm watching a 1934 Fred Astaire movie now. And when I say watching, I mean 10 minutes a day, you know, here and there when I get some time. But but just that that effortless class and li just little reminders. It's like, what do you do? What do you do? Well, you write somebody a note on real paper and you slow down enough so that it's legible. I it just, <laughs> you know... Just to think of these things, it, it kind of makes you exhale deeply and feel calmer. I like it, Chef AJ. We should do this. And, you know, it's funny because I, I, you know, I, there, people always joke, oh, I've turned into my mother. But like, you know, I see people doing things that like make me cringe and that this is going to sound judgmental. But I feel like, you know, if, if unless somebody tells you, like if somebody's a doctor, unless they tell you to call them by their first name, call them doctor, call them mm -hmm. rabbi. And, you know, I, I produce these summits and host them. And even though I'm friends with some of the people, like, for example, Alan Goldhammer and Doug Lyle, who are both doctors, and I call them Doug and Alan, when I'm interviewing them, I call them Dr. Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer. And I see right. these other people doing summits all the time, and they just call the doctor by the first name. And it's like, it drives me crazy, you know? That's so funny that you would say that because when I have these doctors on my show and I call them doctor, I feel like some of them are, you know, 25 years younger than me, <laughs> but they're still a doctor. Yep. You know, there, there's just a, hmm. Yeah. I mean, like Barbara Rolls kept saying, call me Barbara. So of course I'm going to call her Barbara if they say that, but unless they've said that to you, give them, give people the, you know, the respect that they're due and earn. And this is going to make me sound like some like old judgmental lady but it but those these these it just raises my hackles when you know if somebody spent eight years going to school that to get that degree that's maybe what they should be called yeah yeah totally 
Well, we're going to be joined by Glenn in a little while, but before he comes on, I'm sure that there are people listening who want to hear your weight loss story and far more important than the weight loss is your long-term weight maintenance. So give us the numbers and how have you done it? Yeah, so like you, I mean, I love how you say you're an obesity survivor. I love that. And so, the, so you know, from my highest weight, which was almost 200 pounds, I've lost over 80 pounds. But, but most of the most of my life, I hovered at 160, 165. So I'm just going to claim 50 pounds because that's really what I've lost and kept off the third time. First time I lost weight, I was a teenager and I had anorexia and I don't recommend that. And then the second time was through dangerous drugs like Fenfen. And the third time I actually got the food right. And I started eating instead of my junk food vegan diet and realized I've been vegan over 43 years. I was still obese as a vegan. I actually even had the beginning of colon cancer. But once I started eating whole plant foods, unprocessed, without the sugar and the oil and the flour and the alcohol and salt, eating fruits and vegetables and whole grains and legumes and maybe a little bit of nuts, seeds and avocado, the weight, it really did come off. It wasn't difficult. It was delicious. And I've been able to, you know, sustain it now for eight years. And I really don't think I'm ever going back to where I was. Ah, what a wonderful feeling. Yeah. 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 My, my story is similar. Um, it started earlier and uh, it isn't quite as, as pure as yours, you know, <laughs> we, uh, when I got into this, well, you know, there were pure people, you know, there were natural hygienists who would only eat fruit in the morning and, and things like that. Um, and, and we didn't have uh, much processed food in the vegan world at all. I mean, there was the super junk food, there was Coca-Cola, there were potato chips, but, but once you were vegan, you didn't want to eat that. And so we were kind of pushed into the um, fruits, vegetables, grains, beans, nuts, and seeds back in the 80s. And, and just like you, um, it's been a day at a time for, you know, a long, long time. And weight is not a problem. And, and, and I believe, and I want to ask you what you think about this, I believe it could be that, that I don't believe that I am cured. I believe that if I decided, okay, you know, I don't need to be in any kind of fit spiritual condition and I can have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Not that would kill an animal, but, you know, just stuff that used to be dangerous. I, I believe it's still dangerous. Where do you I, come down on all that? So, so this is why it, this is why I get, uh, you know, criticized by so many vegans because, you know, I'm not a fan of the, you know, vegan junk food. I am a fan of it, of course, as a alternative to animal products. I don't ever want people eating animals, but for people that are food addicts, or that's a terrible name for a disease, but people that have a problem moderating the use of certain refined foods, which are generally the refined carbohydrates, sugar, flour, and alcohol. Like you say, I don't think moderation works because if it did, we wouldn't have the problem we had. And so, you know, could I eat something once, you know, like if somebody said, Hey, I'll give you $10,000 to eat this vegan cookie and give it to PCRM. Sure. I would, I could probably do it, but on a repeated basis, I think it's just like an alcoholic, you know, for most alcoholics drinking moderately isn't an option or drinking it occasionally or putting it in a smaller glass. And I think when you are sensitive to these refined carbohydrates, particularly the sugar and flour, that the only amount is none. And, and so I don't ever say I'm recovered from food addiction. I say I manage it and I manage it by controlling my diet and my environment. So mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. If I go back to eating those foods, I will get fat and sick again because I've never, look, if I haven't been able to moderate them in 60 years, what 
what kind of magic could somebody give me now? It's like, I just don't see it happening. And there are people that can eat these foods and not be overweight or have a lifestyle disease. Just like there's people that can drink alcohol and not be an alcoholic. But as Dr. Goldhammer says, if you're fat and sick, it's probably not you. So you just (laughs) know. And and that's why I am just, I love abstinence. People fight it and they want to go around it and above it and below. You know, they, they, they just don't want, you know, oh, they're looking for some other option, but abstinence, it never doesn't work. Is it difficult? And there's some people not going to be able to do it. Absolutely. But if you have an addiction, abstinence always works. This is so true. And for me, I find that in addition to, and probably personally, even more than the refined carbohydrates, my thing was cheese and some of the vegan cheeses I have to be really careful of. You know, the ones that are just nuts and a little bit of salt and acidophilus, I can enjoy and I do enjoy. But the ones that get richer than that, you know, I, I just don't have them in the house. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's been my motto for many years. If it's in your house, it's in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's very true. So what's your description of a food addict? I think somebody that, that has difficulty moderating the use of certain foods. You know, it, you know, when I interview like the doctors, like the psychiatrists, they, they don't like the name for it either. They say it should really be called a dopamine a deficiency disorder. Because for people that have a problem with certain foods, their brain lights up the same way an alcoholic lights up when they drink alcohol. People drink alcohol in this world without becoming alcoholic, a little or even a lot. But the for food addict, the response you get from these foods is so much greater than somebody else that could take it or leave it. So, you know, I think about when I, before I was vegan at 17, my favorite cookie was something called a mint mulatto cookie by Pepperidge Farm. It was light as air, chocolate and mint together. And if that was in the house, if my mom bought it, I would literally open it and eat the entire bag. I couldn't stop. You know, bet you can't eat just one. And there are people like my husband, you can take whatever his mint Milano is and he'll eat one and six months later, the bag will still be there. He, you know, <laughs> not drawn back to do it again. So I think that's a clue right there that you really just, that you, you know, that you're always thinking. Also, the other thing is, is even if I could moderate it and I bet, you know, there's some program that's going to teach me how, you know, because everybody thinks if you're vegan, you have disordered eating or orthorexia. The fact is, is when I eat those foods, all even when I eat richer whole plant foods, like you were saying with the cheese, all I do is think about it. When am I going to get it again? And I don't like that real estate in my brain being taken up by food. Whereas the way I eat now, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes, which I call to the left of the red line, I can eat as much as I want, as often as I want until satisfied. And I really don't think about food until my until I'm biologically hungry and it's time for the next meal. So I think that um, for me, these are not my friend. And for me, abstinence is bliss. It's not for everyone, but for those that can do it, you can have a very healthy uh, relationship with food. What what a beautiful way to describe it. I think it's so important and there's misunderstanding. A lot of people think that people like you and I just think that everybody needs to have a certain body look or something like that when it's not that at all. This is about freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, freedom is a very valuable thing. Right. So, and something else that's very valuable is Chef A is not Chef AJ is not going anywhere. She will stay with us when we're joined after these messages by Glenn Merzer, author of the about to be published book, Own Your Health. Stay with us.
You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this wonderful conversation with Chef AJ and about to be Glenn Mercer as well. First, I do want to just make a quick announcement. MainStreetVegan.net is where I hang out and you can find out everything that's going on there. We have Main Street Vegan Academy. If you're already vegan and you want to be trained and certified to take your outreach to a much higher level as a certified vegan lifestyle coach and educator, you can do that at Main Street Vegan Academy on Zoom or we're hoping, fingers crossed, uh, in person in New York City um, in 2021 as we have been doing it since 2012. And also uh, at uh, net, you can see a slider about the retreat coming up this weekend, September 26th and 27, and that is Acing Age with Ayurveda. This is going to be a lovely foray into self-care and indulgence, but healthy indulgence. And you're going to learn something that happens to all of us as we get older, and Ayurveda's secret for how we can combat some of that stuff. So what am I talking about? Mm, sluggish digestion, insomnia, dry skin, dry hair, little fatigue, little creaky joints, the stuff that you kind of think of that comes over time. Well, guess what? It doesn't have to, or it certainly doesn't have to be the problem that it is for a whole lot of people. So we're going to learn and have fun, fun, fun this weekend. So we'll get the info at um, MainStreetVegan.net. And if you put POD for podcast in the discount box, you get yourself a 20% discount. So thanks for taking a look. So now returning to my splendid guests, I'd like to introduce Glenn Merzer. He's a playwright, screenwriter, and author. He co-authored with Chef AJ, Unprocessed, and The Secrets to Ultimate Weight Loss. And as we said earlier, this new book, Own Your Own Health, is coming in October. Chef AJ has contributed more than 75 delicious, low-fat, vegan, sugar-free, gluten-free recipes. And Own Your Health details Glenn's personal journey to health. And he makes the case, this would be so cool, that the nutrition wars between the plant-based forces and the animal-based forces, they can just haul out a white flag because those wars are over. Welcome, Glenn Merzer. Thank you, Victoria. It's nice to be with you. It's wonderful to be with you and, and with your esteemed co-authors. So, you know, both of you just jump in whenever you feel like it. We'll pretend like we're having lunch around a table, as we will all one day do again. So, Glenn, why this book? What's the motivation for Own Your Health? Well, there were several motivations, but one of them was to declare an end, really, to the nutrition wars. It's it's kind of silly uh, for us to um, 
um, treat, take very seriously any arguments for meat. There just are no arguments. There's nothing in meat, in flesh foods, that's good for you. Um, you know, the, the fallback case they usually make is protein, but of course I haven't had any flesh protein now for 47 years and I'm still standing. AJ's still standing. You know, you know, all of us vegans are still standing. We don't need animal protein. And indeed, T. Colin Campbell has made the case that animal protein is carcinogenic. On top of which, when you take in excessive protein, there's nothing you can do with it. It, it comes out in the urine. The body doesn't store protein. So the idea that you need to eat a food that's roughly 50% fat and a lot of it's saturated fat and full of cholesterol and high bacterial counts and causes inflammation, that you need to eat it for the protein is preposterous. So it's scientifically preposterous. And what I try to point out in the book, Own Your Health, is that there isn't really a serious debate between scientists who advocate eating plants and scientists who advocate eating dead animals. The, the real debate is between the science, because all the science is on one side that we should be eating plants, and the culture. That's the problem. It's science versus culture. It isn't science versus science. And there, there are so many strong forces in our culture, from economic to social to religious, that uh, in which meat-eating is part of the culture. That's the struggle that, uh, that we have to try to um, get people to adopt a plant-based lifestyle. Do you find, and, and Chef AJ as well, do people who, who find you online argue from what seems to them like a scientific basis that keto or paleo or some of these other things really are the way to go? But, but the arguments are always very weak. Often those arguments are about weight loss. You know, they'll do a study in which they'll find that people on a keto diet lose weight. And I would argue, and I'm sure AJ would argue, that to lose weight sustainably, the best diet is the diet AJ advocates, a low-fat, plant-based diet, um, and specifically her, her uh, approach is also to avoid sugars and oils and flours. Um, but uh, a low-fat, plant-based diet is the most sustainable way to lose weight. But even if you can lose weight on a keto diet and ketogenic diet, and some people do, it's unquestionable, they're not losing weight in a healthy way. They're not losing weight by eating a lot of fiber. They're not losing weight by eating a lot of antioxidants and phytochemicals. They're, they're losing weight because they're eating animal foods, which are perhaps dehydrating them, so they're losing water weight. Um, and maybe when they eat these rich flesh foods, maybe they feel full, maybe they constipate themselves and they don't feel like eating more. But it's not a healthy, sustainable way to lose weight. And um, uh, that's the only argument they can make. They, they can't make any argument that eating sausages reverses heart disease. 
because it doesn't. In fact, it contributes to heart disease. So we have the only diet that's been proven to reverse heart disease, that's been proven to lower blood pressure, uh, that's been proven to lower cholesterol, that has anti-carcinogenic effects. So really, there's no argument on the health. There's only a kind of uh, vague debate on, on weight loss. And, um, you know, if you, if you look at the people who advocate the ketogenic diet, there's one doctor online who advocates it who recommends that while you're on the ketogenic diet, you should try having some uh, sugar-free jello with whipped cream to counter your carbohydrate cravings. I mean, it's, it's uh, self-evidently preposterous. Oh, well, you you reminded me of a diet that I was on, oh, forever ago, and you could have this thing they call coffee whip, and you made it out of unflavored gelatin. So we're talking before 1969, before I was Uh (laughs) even vegetarian. Unflavored gelatin, instant coffee, sweet and low, and I think that was all. Yeah. (laughs) Oh wow! The things so it's that the we same do. nonsense decades later. Yes. You know, people have carbohydrate cravings because they're not eating the natural human food for the human body. The the brain runs on glucose. Mm. So the idea of depriving yourself of natural foods, and they do this because they um, they confuse the they they promote confusion over the word carbohydrate. You know, um, table sugar is a profoundly unhealthy food, and it's 100% carbohydrate. So, yes, that's a carbohydrate you need to avoid. But then you look at the healthiest foods known to humanity, you know, things like cauliflower and broccoli and mushrooms and onions, a high percentage of the calories are going to come from carbohydrate. There's nothing wrong with those carbohydrates. So the idea that we lump it all together as carbohydrate is silly. Silly indeed. So I want to ask you, Glenn, how you feel the media covers these nutrition wars. And then I want to bring Chef AJ back in and ask her about becoming the media, which she really has done and and where there's the place for that. So let's start with you. Regular media and nutrition, how are they doing? Well, it's just about the one-year anniversary of a a big media story that came out uh, called The Red Meat Papers. Uh, This was uh, an article that was published in what was formerly a scientific journal called The Annals of Internal Medicine. And uh, The Red Meat Papers uh, was a a paper that, that said that people could just continue red meat consumption as is. There's no scientific reason to reduce your red meat consumption. So naturally, this made headlines all over the world. It was, again, a case of, gee, looks like these scientists just can't figure it out. One day they tell you to eat less red meat. The next day they say continue red meat consumption. So what was the scientific evidence upon which this bold new study came out that said continue red meat consumption. Well, there was no new evidence. They didn't do a study. What it it was was a meta-analysis of a bunch of studies that had already been done. And what these so-called scientists did was they looked 
at all the evidence, and they assigned points. And they said, okay, this study shows that, in fact, all the studies seem to show that reducing meat consumption um, leads to increased longevity. Hmm, all the, we'll give, them, we'll give the, uh, the vegans a couple points for that. And all the studies seem to show that um, increasing fiber is good for you. And all the studies seem to show that blood pressure is healthier on a plant-based diet. So we'll give the vegans a few points for that. But on the other hand, on the other hand, it's really a lot easier to just keep eating sausages because of, uh, you know, hanging out with your friends and going to barbecues. So um, because of that, um, let's just let's give a, let's give the meat side fifty points for that, and so they they uh, assigned more points to the idea of um, the ease of eating, and uh, you know uh, what they called the the burden of modifying cultural and personal meal pr- preparation and eating habits. So to avoid the burden of modifying cultural uh, and personal meal preparation and eating habits, they gave a lot of points to meat, and then they decided, yep, continue meat consumption. So there was no new scientific health evidence. They just decided to assign points because it's easier to go to barbecues when you're eating meat. Fascinating. So as Chef AJ, I, I wanted to just sneak a question in here and then ask you the one that I was going to ask. So you are not a fan of refined sugar at all, and obviously not of animal products. Why do you think it is that you could go out anywhere and talk about avoiding refined sugar, and everybody, even people who love to eat it, would say, oh yeah, you're right, we got to get rid of the sugar. But when you bring up animal products, it's all of a sudden controversial. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of reasons. One, I think we know from the work of Dr. Barnard that that they, there is an addictive component with meat and cheese, particularly. But I think it's just a case of marketing over science, where people have been indoctrinated to believe that they actually need the protein from a dead animal to survive and thrive. And and I think that's where education comes in and becoming the media, which you have done. So talk to us a little bit about that, and especially for anybody listening who's thinking, I want to do what Chef AJ does. I want to go live every day. Where do you start, and how important do you think this is to changing the world? Uh, well, I, I think I think it's important for everybody to that has a voice that, that agrees with us. <laughs> To, 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 to use it for good. And as far as, I don't know if you necessarily have to go live every day, but I think just to, to get that out there somewhere, because everybody knows somebody, right? And everybody has their own community, whether it's friends from work or, or, you know, their church. And I think if you can use your voice for good, like you're doing, like we're trying to do, I think it just helps get the message out exponentially rather than just having a few people do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we want to get the message out on, on this book right now on Own Your Health. It will be out certainly no later than mid-October, somewhere in the early to mid-October range. And you can get yourself some really cool special bonuses 
you sign up for Chef AJ's mailing list, which is chefajwebsite.com. And the website is in there as part of, of the title, chefajwebsite.com. And we'll put this in the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net as well. So Chef AJ, tell us if people sign up there, you're going to send them an email telling them what they'll get. What'll they get? They'll get, yeah, actually, but they have to get it in like a time period of, it's either going to be a week or 10 days that would really help us if they buy it. And so you want to hear something really funny. Glenn and I did this a couple of years ago on our book, and I just got an email from somebody asking for the bonuses. And I said, you know what? I'm kind of sorry, but that was like two years ago, this special, because it helps us on Amazon if people buy a lot at the same time. But I think the best bonus that they're going to get, because they're going to get a lot of extra recipes, is the audible version, is the is the audio. Because as good as the book is when you read it, it's better, well, in my opinion, because I'm somebody that enjoys listening, because then you can do it while you're on the spin bike or walking or, or cooking or, you know, doing laundry. And I learn better from my ears than I do my eyes. And so right there is a, is a great bonus because because the book will be on Audible, and at any other time, you'd have to pay for it. Plus, you're going to get great recipes that didn't make it in the book, not because they weren't great recipes, just because Glenn had uh, ants in his pants about getting this book out, and every time I would think of one, he's like, no, it's too late. And so, you know, my, my double layer, uh, my triple layer, actually, or is it double layer, triple layer, frosted carrot cake, we're going to give you that exclusive recipe that is not in any other book. I may put it later in a dessert cookbook, and a how-to video on how to make it. I mean, that's almost worth the price in the book right there. And, yeah. And, yeah. Plus the humor in the book. I think, you know, it just uh, the book is very funny um, because Glenn is a very funny writer. And, and and when you hear it on Audible, then you know for sure, oh, yeah, that was a joke. Yeah, that that's that's, you know, because sometimes when you read things, you always often don't, at least for me. But I, I, I love listening to books even more than reading them. I do, too. Yeah, I've gotten addicted. And, and, and that's right. You can learn like constantly. It doesn't matter when you're doing something else. Well, Glenn has has said here that he has two reasons to write, to make people laugh and to help people go vegan. And he did that certainly with Howard Lyman, Mad Cowboy book that Glenn wrote years ago, his novel off the reservation about a vegan congressman from Bloomington, Illinois, complete with recipes. Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. Did I say Illinois? My apologies. Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> uh, yeah, culinary novel. Very cool. So before we, we leave this uh, topic of media, um, you're not crazy about the way they cover climate change either, I take it. I am not. You know, <laughs> Tell um, us why. Let me try to say this without getting too political. But, mm-hmm. um, we in, can't be in, political. In, We're a church station. Right. Um, In the coverage of climate change, um, there are those who deny climate change, um, and there are those, certainly the majority of scientists, um, and those politicians who who treat it as a serious and real problem, as I believe it is. Um, But even those who uh, acknowledge climate change, they've chosen their favorite greenhouse gas, which is carbon dioxide. And carbon dioxide is a very important greenhouse gas. It may be the most important greenhouse gas. But in close competition with carbon dioxide is methane. Methane is up to 100 times as potent a greenhouse gas as carbon dioxide. It's just that there's less 
methane in the atmosphere than carbon dioxide. But methane being 100 times more potent, even if there was 1% of the amount of methane compared to carbon dioxide, it would be uh, potentially an equally important greenhouse gas. And methane is coming out of both ends of cows and other farm animals. So, you know, when, when they say we have to get serious about climate change and they say we have to raise fuel efficiency standards so cars get 45 miles to the gallon instead of 30 miles to the gallon or whatever, that's, that's a drop in the ocean. But if we could end animal agriculture, that would make a huge difference, and it would make a huge difference not just to um, greenhouse gases, but it would be, make a huge difference to the waterways that are polluted by animals. Um, it would, uh, and it, and we're currently suffering a pandemic. And why are we suffering a pandemic? It's because in this case, I think it was people in China eating dead animals, but there have been pandemics from eating birds and eating um, pigs, and and the next one could very easily come from a, uh, a pig farm in North Carolina or a chicken operation in Arkansas. So if we want to avoid pandemics, we need to eat plants instead of dead animals. Um, and uh, again, in the coverage of the pandemic, that's never mentioned as a way to avoid the problem in the first place. Why do you think that is? What's so scary? I, I think there's a quote from, is it Chris Carr that I put in Main Street Vegan, where it just says, what is so scary about broccoli? Yeah, I, you know, I, culture, culture has strong, strong roots. It's how people grew up. You know, I have a dear cousin. I love him very much. He's a wonderful guy, but he he posts sometimes on Facebook about the delicious pastrami sandwiches he's eaten, and you know he was fed that by his parents who he loved very much, and he grew up eating it, and to him it was part of his culture, and you couldn't find an unhealthier, more carcinogenic food than pastrami, you know, so. Uh, it, it, People have this ingrained in them, and it's so difficult to to get them to see the science. And and you know the uh, we're, we're almost like the the proverbial frog in the in the boiling pot of water. You know our climate is heating up, our our environment is punishing us, and more than anything else, it's because we're so addicted to eating dead animals. So well put. So everybody, in addition to um, subscribing to Chef AJ's list, chefajwebsite.com, you will also want to go to ownyourhealthbook.com, where Glenn Merzer is going to be starting a, a, I started to say a very serious, but he's a funny writer, a serious topic funny outlook sometimes a quarterly newsletter and you will really want to get this because this man is a writer's writer and so often books are written and we you know feature them and they're wonderful because they come from physicians or whatever but there is nothing like reading a book well researched by somebody who loves the language and knows how to use it 
And I have seen a pre-publication copy of this book and provided an endorsement. So I know how good it is, and and I can vouch for that. So uh, October comes. uh, We're all going to be getting our copies. So just in, in our last few minutes, quick ways, easy ways to transition from standard American diet to healthy eating. AJ, are you going first? Uh, well, you know, the, the short answer is th- is three words, eat more plants. <laughs> you know, instead of necessarily saying, oh, I have this again, maybe you can, maybe you can't. But what about just adding more fruits and vegetables to your diet in ways that are easy, delicious, and fun with the over 100 recipes in our book? That's what I would do. Yes, That's and I'll just thing. add that <laughs> if, if you make the decision to go plant-based, as everybody should, then make the decision. Don't turn back from it. Go to your freezer, throw out or give away anything that's in animal food. Go to the refrigerator, throw out the animal foods or give them away. And, um, and, And just start and don't turn back. There's a lot to learn. There are a lot of books to read. There are videos to watch. But it isn't really hard to eat human food, fruits, vegetables, mushrooms, whole grains, um, and um, uh, what did I leave out? Fruits, vegetables, legumes. mushrooms, whole... What's that? Legumes. Legumes, there you go. And, leg- and legumes are very important. If you're worried about protein, you've got tons of protein in legumes. So... Um, uh, it isn't hard, and it's delicious. Uh, you, you try AJ's recipes. Each one's more delicious than the one before. So uh, that's the order I put them in. So um, uh, it isn't hard to do. There are a hundred reasons to do it, and you know people should just make the decision and never turn back from it. That sounds beautiful. And that's a little bit like what we were talking about earlier, Chef AJ, about the classy thing. You think about kind of our parents and grandparents' generation, the greatest generation. They had class and they had courage and they were willing to do things and not turn back. So we can do this and not turn back. Thanks so much to Chef AJ, to Glenn Merzer, to Unity Online Radio, and our wonderful engineer, Jeff Comfort. And thanks to all of you for listening and being so loyal. God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation 
with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.